0: Hey friends, this is Harmon. Welcome to another episode of Comedy History 101, where we school you in comedy. Did you guys see the Golden Globe Awards last night? Well, the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel was nominated for several and won for Best Actress Rachel Brodaham for her role of the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Which brings us to today's episode on the history of the comedy influences on the the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Who are the real-life comedians that influence the fictional character? And without further ado...
1: so Good thing about doing comedy in Russia sure you have captured the audience. so
0: Comedy History 101. Yes, comedy thing. It has to work. i are going to count to five. One. That's the end of my show, folks. Two, Turn in next week when my grandmother steals three, my pearls and fucks my four. boyfriend. The charge for pictures now. There's something here about miming a whore tickling a man's testicles. Oh, I oh, did. yeah, that. she did. It was fucking funny. Hey! Hey! So what, hey, so what you heard there was a clip From the Amazon Prime series, The Marvelous Miss Maisel, which uh, I I really like. Uh, It's a story about uh, 1950s comedy, 1950s New York, and of course you tuned into, well, actually the first episode of 2019 of Comedy History 101. (laughs) where we school you in comedy. I, of course, am the 2019 version of Harmon Leon. And with me, of course, is the 2019 version of Scott Kalanico. Scott, how are you?
1: Hello, Harmon. I'm coming to you even from beyond in the future of 2019, since I'm six hours ahead of you.
0: Oh, yeah. So you're like in 2019... Six hours ahead. So point it's point so, so, one, yeah. it, so it's almost like the movie Back to the Future that if I change something in the six hours behind, it could interrupt it's your gonna, six it, hours yeah, ahead sort yeah, of... Yeah, it's like uh, the
1: butterfly effect, but with dinosaurs.
0: With dinosaurs flapping yeah, their butterfly dinosaur, wings? Yeah,
1: exactly. That's it. That's it.
0: Just a footnote, if you want to see what uh, dinosaurs were like, uh, simply look at Modern Day Birds.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so let's kick off 2019 with a very popular show that's currently on in 2019, but the show dives into the history of comedy, which we're all about here on Comedy History 101.
1: That's yes, oddly .com. enough. Yes. <laughs>
0: So Scott, when when you hear the words "the marvelous Miss Maisel," what comes to mind?
1: I actually had no idea what the show was about until you suggested we, we do it for. I'd see, for a podcast. I'd seen clips of it and I knew vaguely it was some kind of popular show that the kids liked, but I had no idea it was about comedy.
0: Yeah, I mean I've it only came into my radar a few months ago and then you know what I did? I did what the kids do nowadays. I, I binged watch.
1: You stream it I stream the kids <laughs> like the binge watching, binge binge <laughs> watching.
0: Yeah, I, I bridge watched the binge. Yeah, I binge watched the bridge. Um I, I watched uh there's two seasons of it and uh-huh. I would say I really like it for on two levels. First, you know, it's 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 a stand up comedy story, so it's a story of a comedian. And second I really love uh stories about like uh nineteen uh, fifties New York, especially in Greenwich Village.
1: Yeah. In the, in the or there. the village as they called it back then. Yeah. It was like an actual village.
0: It was a village. And and a footnote, I know I have these footnotes. uh, They recently found a village in Central Park, the remains of a village, because New York was comprised of these little villages. So uh, uh, I guess we should save that for our podcast uh, uh, (laughs) Village Village History
1: 101. (laughs) 101. Yeah, we'll put that in. That's a whole other podcast.
0: Yeah, so if you haven't heard uh, of The Marvelous Miss Maisley, let's, let's give a brief rundown uh, of, of the plot. So um, as the description says on on the IMD database, um, it's the late 50s, 1958 to be exact, and Miriam Midge Maisel has everything she wanted. Um, and by the way, I'm just reading this in case you're We're listening. Just reading. You're, thinking, you're doing good. Yeah. I'm reading. I'm reading. I'm. am paraphrasing. She has the perfect husband, two kids, an elegant apartment on the New York's Upper West Side. Everything seems idyllic until her husband leaves her, and for she his becomes for secretary.
1: Joel left you. Why? What did you do?
0: And she becomes a stand-up comedian in Greenwich Village. So she's going from the Upper West Side. To downtown, to the village, the, yeah. to the gritty, dirty. gritty, dirty, vill- dr- dirty village yeah. where the Rrr. Bohemians, the 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 Beatniks hang beatniks.
1: out. Beatniks, cats on the bar.
0: Yeah, did I did I did I miss anything in that no, description?
1: That was it. I think that was good. You covered it all.
0: Yeah, and so just to give a little background on on the show, it's created by uh, Amy Sherman Palladino. I'm, I think I'm pronouncing that right. If not, you can comment at. ComedyHistory101.com, <laughs> our website. Uh, that, uh, that I got that wrong. Uh, the creator of the Gilmore Girls, who, um, uh, Scott, you might know, this is an interesting trivia and how it ties into comedy. Um, uh, the creator, uh, her father, uh, comedian himself, Don Sherman. 14
1: more meals and it's all over. And here was the interesting thing, yeah he was a uh, he was the head writer on uh, my favorite member of the Rat packs uh Joey Bishop's late Night talk show back in the sixties Have you seen like is it, very yeah. underlooked very underlooked member of the rat pack
0: yeah, but is it like being an underlooked member of the Beatles because you you are still the rat pack?
1: yeah, you're still in the Rat you rat
0: know pack. You, yeah. it's not like you know you're ringo,
1: yeah, Though I do or, like Ringo. Ringo or, is pretty um, funny.
0: Right, so what was is, the, I the, guess. what's his name Peter? Lofford. Pete Bass. Peter Lawford. Oh, he was at the bottom. Is in the English. Beatles. Who? Peter Lawford was in the Beatles. No, 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 no. Is that no, what you're he was saying, English. Scott? He was Have you English. got cuckoo bears he was, on us.
1: He was Have you English. got
0: cuckoo for cocoa puffs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he was English. <laughs> and he was in. Yeah, a, oh, a member should, of the Rat should, Pack. Yeah, we, we should do that movie. They, they, him and Sammy Davis Jr., did a movie called, called Salt and Pepper. Where like, they, they the were, were they like they played the Were they a
0: female uh, hip hop group?
1: No, they were the they played oh, the owners of the swinging sixties London club, Salt and Pepper. Because one's white, and one's black.
0: All oh, right, they're big oh, on that in, in yeah. the sixties we'll uh, movie. Was that, that movie any one. good?
1: I don't know. You'll have to turn into our tune into comedy history one hundred and one, where you can find that at comedyhistory 101com dot com in the future podcast.
0: Oh, there we go. Yeah, we could dive into that. But once again, uh, so Don Sherman, yeah, he was a head writer on Joey Bishop's late night uh, talk show in the 60s. Um, I found a clip of his. Uh, Drop it in here. Acapulco. That's like a Kmart that's out of control. Yeah, he was kind of I don't know. I guess. I I mean. I think he passed away in 2012. But I think you know, listening to the comedy, a little bit hacky.
1: Well, he was like, was that the clip that you just? Rest in peace.
0: Rest in peace. Sorry. Was that?
1: Was that the uh, the cruise ship comedian clip?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Because we do have a couple friends who are working on the cruise ship, so you know, we will leave that. Honest living. Honest living. Honest comedian living.
0: Well, you make you make decent money, but you know it's. It's kind of like a little bit of Vegas, where you're yeah. just kind of, uh, you know, kind of middle of America, and yeah. kind of can't can't really do the edgy no, comedy. No edgy
1: comedy, man. Otherwise, you can't you can hang out in the in the crew bar. Apparently, this, this the cruise uh, on those cruise ships have a secret crew bar somewhere.
0: Um, well, we did uh, just little plug. Uh, we did two cruise ships with our show. Jokey uh-huh. which you can see next week, starting next week at SF Sketch Fest for what? six shows, seven shows? Oh no, God, I guess, I guess 12 shows. We, well, 12. Okay. <laughs> um, and yeah, there was like, and we would hang out with the crew. They would have their own thing going. So anyways, the cast of Marvelous Miss Mazel, great cast. Um, once again, I think maybe we should we, we should state the thesis statement of, of today's episode. It isn't like a deep dive into the Marvelous Miss Mazel. though we, we're not excluding. Can we do. won't do that in the future. No. Uh, we just want to go how realistic it was uh To the day and age of comedy, you know, late '50s comedy in New York, and also, who were the influences that influenced the fictional marvelous Miss Mazel, who's played mm-hmm. by Rachel
1: Brosnahan?
0: Brosnahan, do we do we butcher her name? I don't know. I thought one? she
1: might have been related to Pierce Brosnan, but I don't. I don't think. She yeah, knows.
0: yeah, she's she can be found on House of Cards uh show, okay. which I saw four episodes of once.
1: Okay, I, watched Until it I kind
0: talk. of got bored. I don't know. People like it. Uh, you could see her on another show. She was on. This isn't the history of Rachel Ross. <laughs> no, uh, no, no, no. This is the influences of the marvelous Miss Maisel. For the show. And, and it does have and here's another connection to comedy it, 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 it also stars the great Tony Shalhoub <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's like hilarious on this show and we know him from Monk, Monk and we know him from farther back from the TV show Wings and the movie Big Night
1: which is a good movie. Oh, yeah, he was also in, he's also in a couple Coen Brothers movies I remember him from um, the um, Barton Fink he's the agent in Barton Fink
0: Oh, yeah? Oh, wow, yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I, one of my favorite Coen brother movies. And also, um,
1: uh, other big comedian that, uh, in the first season, at least, is, uh, Kevin Pollack.
0: She's gonna do what with the life? <sighs> Sit around all day long eating bonbons. Is that what you want for her? Of course not! That's
1: what's gonna happen! It's not! It's Get, out. Get out of here! As, um, the dad. The, uh, jilted husband Joel, Joel
0: Joel Joel Mazel's dad yeah, yeah um yeah. I assume you know he'll be in the whole series because he's mm-hmm. in season two uh you might not know this uh, we viewers close your ears or listeners, close your eyes. <laughs> uh, Scott's only watched two episodes. <laughs> no, no, no. no, don't put that in there. No, we could cut that bit out. Cut we could cut that, that bit out. out. Yeah, yeah. He plays he plays the dad. He plays just Joel Maisel, Which I didn't know. I, I read oh Kevin Pollock's who does who's yeah. Kevin Pollock on the show? And then I we just watched the trailer there and it's like, oh yeah, he is the dad. He's the other dad, so uh, yeah, he's going to be on it. So here's a few things that uh, I I like about uh, the Marvelous Miss Maisel. They have some real life, they have actors playing real life comedians of the era. They actually have an actor playing Lenny Bruce on the show.
1: Oh, shit. What? The best comedian, I mean the best fucking comedian in the business, is right over there. Where? You're the girl from the Gaslight gig, right?
0: Lenny? Lenny Bruce's girl. Really? Lenny? Like, you know what? I'm not his girl, just his friend. Have you seen that? Yes,
1: no, I do. I saw saw that. (laughs) I mean, are we... Am I criticizing things yet or are we just we just rattling off or or uh, no
0: no, we we, we, no we, we, we we want an open discussion debate otherwise okay. otherwise we can call ourselves Wikipedia page
1: right yeah, <laughs> comedy, no, no, no.
0: Wikipedia page Wiki. history comedy dot com history, Wikipedia yeah com. yeah comedy yeah, history there's,
1: there's, Wiki. there's that and then there's Jane Lynch playing a uh, kind of a Phyllis Diller type character where she's like kind of a a frump on stage but in real life she's a uh, kind of a society dame
0: yeah she plays sophie lennon on yeah. there yeah and we can dive into uh, uh kind of the influences behind her you know in, in a little bit um but yeah they have lenny bruce and then they have like um like comedians of that era making appearances but not you know actors playing them like they have a comedian playing red skelton it's it's hard to think like when you, what do you think of when you think of red skeleton
1: good, good night and god bless i just think
0: of like really bad clown paintings yeah, cuz he was like really
1: into that good um, night good night and god bless
0: um, so uh, you scott good you know night, that uh, you know like through the years i i do this thing called uh, infiltration
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> where yeah, I, where
0: I, uh, I infiltrate TV shows. So um, one of the I I actually. I gotta find the clip of this. But I infiltrated. I saw this ad on Craigslist. It said uh, we need Red Skelton fans to give Red Skelton (laughs) fan testimonials on a Red Skelton infomercial. (laughs) And and dude, I got cast on it, and and they flew me down to LA, and I turned up like I wore like a neckerchief, (laughs) and and it was and I I guess like. the, 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 the way I approached it was I, I, I wanted to act like I had a little bit of a man crush on Red Skelton. Like, I would go on about his characters, and then I would, like... Sort of go on about like his tight trousers, which I was taking a nod from of uh, um, the Ruddles when when the woman was going on about the Beatles tight trousers. Like he he was such a physical comic, you know, doing doing his physical gags in those tight trousers.
1: It, it, it's, it's um, uh, it did it work. did
0: it got cut. i am in the infomercial bit, that bit. They cut that
1: bit. Yeah, that was, uh, it was, um, yeah, oh, good night, good night in Gladbush.
0: Yeah, and creepy clown paintings. Yeah, I think we
1: digressed a little bit. No, but little uh
0: um <laughs> uh, For the most part, the, the show is largely set in, in, in Greenwich Village circa 1950s, and I think they did a really good job at capturing that era, though I was not there no. at that time.
1: no. But yeah, I mean the show looks it looks great. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, there's a lot of money on the production values and the music. Music's awesome.
0: Yeah, and I always just like, you know, the history of like nineteen fifties, New York. And here's a footnote. Uh so the big club where Miss Mrs. Mazel gets discovered at is the uh Gaslight, which was an actual real club. Um the current exteriors for the gaslight uh, is a place I actually perform at a lot called under St. Mark's theater. And I didn't realize that until I read that. And then I looked again just on the trailer and it's, Oh yeah, that is under St. Mark's theater. So again, it's like what we talked about in, you know, our episode on the groove tube, the channel one theater. It's like, Oh my God, that's like, you know, a venue that I, 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 I gig at like all the time that was right across the street. So, uh, You know, that's, again, for a personal point of view, I love those old, you know, landmarks that they point out.
1: Yeah, this is the thing that I thought was interesting because they said, yeah, it was kind of based on the gaslight. But they were saying the real club that it was based on, So they call it was upstairs at the duplex. Um, Which is still
0: it's still in uh, New York. Um, They might have they they might have moved it. uh, But the the duplex is there. Uh, It's yeah, it's in the village. Yeah.
1: And here's, here's what I thought interesting. So it's, it's all the, the usual characters you would think that would be hanging out there in Greenwich Village. It was, you know, you got uh, Woody Allen, and you got Dick Cavett and Bill Cosby all doing sets there. And then here's the, one, here's the note I made to myself. Interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the f- female comedian who was doing sets at the same time, uh, Linda, La- Linda Lavin. From, really? Right, from TV's Alice. <laughs>
0: oh, wow. Yeah. Kiss, she was a song my, and dance woman.
1: Kiss my grits, Harmon. But that wasn't her. That was slow.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, again, it's like, that's the beauty of that era, is like on a, any given night you could see, uh, you know, if it was like the early 60s, like a bill with like, uh, you know, Barbara Streisand and I don't know, Bob Dylan and down the streets like Miles Davis. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's kind of like one of those areas like Greenwich Village that's like North Beach in San Francisco that has like a lot of history and some of the venues are still there. But when you currently go there, um, like as far as like going out for an evening, it kind of sucks.
1: Yeah. I mean, (laughs) mean, that was a whole where, you know, Lenny Bruce was opening sets for for doing sets before Thelonious Monk and stuff like that. Yeah,
0: that was... Yeah, yeah. and again, that's another venue they show on Marvel Miss Maisel is, like, yeah. a, a Lenny Bruce opening up for a jazz band at the Village Vanguard. And the Village yeah. Vanguard's still there. Yeah, so yeah, that's I, yeah. Again it's like that part of that fun and like what they captured really well on the show was like the stand-up clubs were uh you know kind of like variety type shows where you right. get like beatnik poets and folk singers and like weird ventriloquists like all on one bill so you know thought they did a great job at at, at doing that and it, it, another funny thing is, like, um, so, like, I think was it episode one where her husband, like, tries stand-up comedy, and he's, yeah, and like, an ad executive, like, kind of like a madman type. So when they go to the village, he puts on, like, a black turtleneck. Yeah, he, turned, he
1: turns into a beatnik. But he's not, he's not a, an ad executive. He's, like, he worked for, like, a garment manufacturing company. He worked for his dad's company.
0: Well, I think he eventually does. I think in the early episodes, wasn't he working for an ad company? or No, maybe... no, because
1: that's what I thought. But it's the same, like, when he goes to ah, yell at Ah, it's part his of dad, the whole company. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's, just, he's, like, in the executive offices. Because you remember remember when they, they fire his secretary, and then he gets mm-hmm. mad. And he's like, who did this? And they're like, the person at the top. So, yeah, so he's working for his dad, you know.
0: Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I liked how um, he puts on the black turtleneck. To be like, I'm the beatnik. Yeah, the, the head, down, beatnik, to, the beatnik to, head to the village.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, you, and you don't want the 145 slot. <laughs> we'll see it.
0: But that's always the same in any, like, comedy club yeah, where, yeah. you know, and that's like a modern-day equivalent to, like, the yeah. comedy store in L.A. where they oh, yeah. have the 145 slot. Yeah, the
1: 145. And,
0: and, it, and it was funny that he was like, um, like, Mrs. Mazel Midge thinks he's killing it, but he's like, oh, yeah, I'm doing... Uh, Bob Newhart's bit. L- L- hello, Lieutenant Stevenson here. Pat- Patrolman Willard Hackmaster. Oh, he- hello, Willard. Uh, Willard, you're supposed to call in every hour, you know. You've you found a shell on the beach. You, uh, you, you, you think that's unusual, uh, do you, Willard, finding a, a shell on a beach?
1: It, it,
0: it isn't that kind of shell. Uh, what's the matter? Doesn't it uh, sound like the ocean when you hold it up to your ear? Well, it is. <laughs> oh, oh, that kind of shell. Uh, probably- so and again, going back to like in comedy history, like say back to like uh, the days of Tommy Cooper and the vaudeville guys and like Abbott and Costello, they would all do each other's bits.
1: Right, but but now we're we're moving into a time it was, but now you've got like TV and stuff around where people are going. Yeah, you're doing this other, but this guy's kind of made it his own bit, you know. Now, especially with like you know the Bob Newhart stuff, where you know then you see that the, the short clip of that other guy repeating the same act again.
0: Yeah, which is funny. But uh, I listened to this podcast of Shelley Berman, who was another comedian of that era, uh, and he currently in modern day kind of a bitter guy um, yeah. he was he was the guy the first to do that like on the telephone bit you know that Bob Newhart uh, mm-hmm. you know sort of made his own and kind of you know jump started his career of like the one sided telephone call right. uh, like Shelly Berman thought that Bob Newhart was just directly stealing from him huh. uh, doing the telephone thing and on a Marvelous Miss Mazel, that's uh, Joel the husband he's doing A Bob Newhart telephone bit. Well, boy, you found a beauty there, Willard. (laughs) You know how powerful that thing is, Willard? Six city blocks, Willard. (laughs) What, What do you mean you call me back? There's a telephone booth seven blocks away. Willard! Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, in prepping for our show, Jokey Okey, which you can see at SF Sketchfest, Fest, uh, January 11th through 26th, um, I was looking at an old Ellen DeGeneres clip like her first time on The Tonight Show. And she's doing a one sided telephone call bit, you know, which uh, she's talking to uh, God, you know, on the telephone. And, and again, you go direct lineage to Bob Newhart.
1: Yeah. Hi, God. This is Ellen. <laughs> Ellen. DeGeneres. Degenerous. What's so funny? <laughs> no, I never thought of that. It does sound like that, doesn't it? Uh. Wow. Yeah. And just while we're while we're at it, or
0: here. or even director lineage, oh. Shelley Berman.
1: Uh, that was the first <laughs> first comedian I interviewed. Was um. Shelley
0: Berman? No,
1: <laughs> not that old. Um, uh, Ellen. Oh, you interviewed her. Yep, yeah, sure did.
0: Oh, cool. For what?
1: Uh, student newspaper. Oh, nice. Yeah, I was the only person who she knew who she was. So, right. like, you want did she say
0: one day I'm going to dance and have my own talk show where I'm known for my dancing?
1: Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I, asked her, I asked her if she was grunge. This is back, back during the days of grunge. I asked her if she was grunge.
0: Was she grunge?
1: I think she was more rave. I think I, I, I made it 50 50. You're either rave or grunge.
0: Oh, my God. You're either with the Ravers or against (laughs) the Ravers.
1: You're either with
0: the grunge or or with the terrorists.
1: (laughs) Damn straight. That's how it was back then, dude. You're either in the flannel or you're not.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, You know, uh, flannel's good.
1: Yeah, I love flannel. You
0: know, the Pacific Northwest bands. It's comfy. It is a good look, but it's sort of gone away now.
1: (laughs) Yes, ma'am. I read you loud and clear. Yes, ma'am. This is... This is the president. Hey,
0: friends, from the creators of Comedy History 101, check out our other podcast, This is the President, where we not only dissect the politics of the day, but also historic presidential phone calls. Or subscribe on iTunes or wherever you find your favorite podcasts.
1: Yes, ma'am. I read you loud and clear.
0: So, anyways, what they did with what uh, again, what Miss Mar- Maisel uh, captures really well is sort is uh, not sort of exactly the male dominant world of stand up comedy at the time. Like, it was really unheard of of like female, and even even today. You know, it reflects to today where it's just like uh, just very few comedians on the bill. I don't think you can say comedian. Comics, we'll just call them comics. female, comics, women yeah. comics. So yeah, yes. yeah, on, yeah. on, on the bill. I mean, and again, when it was so, like, on, on the show, what they capture is, like, it was so scandalous to be a female com- a comic that uh, she had to wait for the right time to break the news to her family.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, well, we'll get into our our. Criticisms of the show later on, but let's just keep No, going. we can
0: criticize as we go. We can structure by unstructuring.
1: Well, I mean, it was kind of the cool thing where, like, you know, tying in the realistic, the real uh, comedians into the, the script was kind of interesting. But then it was just like, it was after watching the first couple episodes, you realize, oh, wow, th- that just took place over two days. She, like, she went to jail twice and got bailed out by... And then got bailed out and then she bailed out Lenny Bruce and it was like, I think it was two days in the, in the whole story.
0: Yeah, and what I hate <laughs> about it is like uh before season two there's like uh predictions for season two is like is 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 Midge gonna hook up with Lenny
1: Bruce? Oh my God.
0: <laughs> I don't know, that's like kind of a back to the future thing where if
1: that <laughs> happens, would that change the course of everything? I know. It is. That was gonna happen <laughs> to the modern world if that happens. I mean I mean that was the other thing. I mean it was cool that it was in there, but then it was just it was just like the first time that she gets drunk and she gets up on stage and then like So I realized the cops were there to arrest Lenny Bruce beforehand, but then literally Uh as soon as she went on stage, it's like the cops bust in the door and they were like arresting her. All comics are comics because something
0: in their lives went horribly wrong. Something went to shit. Either their hairline, Eugene, or their personal lives. Me. Yeah, that's you know, probably for dramatic effects in the script. I
1: I get. I mean, it was that was just a thing. It was like I was all. I'm still with them, but it was just that one was like kind of a.
0: Well, here's a stretch where, where maybe it, 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 it rings a little bit false where, uh, you know, there were blue clubs at the time, and Lenny Bruce was the one really kind of shaking the foundations. But to have, like, a female comic really, like, talk dirty and be, you know, like that, uh, you know, in 1958, that I think that would have been unheard of.
1: And get topless, too. Or, I forgot about that part. Oh,
0: yeah, get topless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... But again, you know, it's a fictional series. They could do what they want. All they have to yeah, do is write do it into the script. Yeah,
1: script.
0: yeah, but this is America. Yeah. yeah. So, but, you know, the point here of this episode is like how what rings true and who are the influences.
1: Okay, so let's, let's talk about that, Harmon. What, what would you say would be uh, Miss Maisel's uh, chief, like, real-life counterpart?
0: Well, of course we've we've talked about uh, you know uh, uh, Phyllis Diller as being one, but I think Phyllis Diller was more the character of Sophie Lennon, uh, yeah, who the... is is the big rich lady who does this frumpy uh, character from Queens mm-hmm. and puts on a frumpy dress and a fat suit. So um, I think that would be closest to more closer to Phyllis Diller. Thank you. You think I'm overdressed? This is my slip. <laughs> truth about what i'm wearing i used to work as a lampshade in las vegas
1: uh, now you may think my legs are funny <laughs> but there is one man in this world who's absolutely
0: crazy about my legs colonel sanders you know she was you know pretty okay looking if you look at like uh there's appearance of her on Groucho Marx, uh, 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 you bet your life where Mm -hmm. she's not dressed up in the frumpy suit. But um, what they're saying uh, in the TV show when Midge meets her is like, you know, you got to play like if you're a woman doing comedy, you got to play like a character, you know, on stage. Uh, So Phyllis Diller, you know, clearly playing a character. But I was just watching some clips of her today. And yeah, the jokes are, you know, the jokes are fun. I like Phyllis Diller. But she didn't. She was like a, a, a wealthy lady. She was, she, yeah. She grew up in the Bay Area in the East yeah. Bay. Was like writer. a copywriter yeah. for a radio station, and you know had like four kids. And didn't get on stage until she was like thirty-seven at the Purple Onion in San Francisco. Purple Onion,
1: yep. That yeah, we both
0: performed there. We we have indeed. It's now yeah. called uh, I think it's called Doc's Lab.
1: Oh, really? Oh, that's sad.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that, so Phyllis Diller is noted in this article, I think it was like in Bustle, that uh, as one of the influences. But then again, I think what what that article is doing is just taking, again, there was just so few uh, female comics at the time, they were just probably just listing all the female comics at the time in the late 50s. So I think that does it for part one of Influence, the history of the influences on the Marvelous Miss Maisel. Next week, we're going to come back with part two and dive really into the uh, female comics that really inspired the fictional Marvelous Miss Maisel. And with that, I think it's time to plug away. Scott, I know you have some things to plug. Why don't you start the plugging away?
1: All right. Well, thank you, Harmon. Well, first of all, I was very excited here. Well, as we've mentioned before, I do have a uh, world premiere of our latest film that I wrote, produced, and directed, and Harmon also produced, entitled Everything You Want to Know About Sudden Birth But We're Afraid to Ask. Um, It's the... Oral history of one of the worst police training films of all time. So they'll be premiering at the Sundance Film Festival in Park City, Utah in January. It will premiere on January 25th, 2019. So pretty excited about that. And then always, as usual, Harm and I do another podcast called This is the President, where you can listen in to all things presidential. And you can find that right now on my website for now at scottclonico.com. Uh, soon to be moving to this is dot com but that's where you can find it right now, but you'll also be able to find it on iTunes stitcher last fm, and all your favorite podcast outlets and
0: well plug- done with, well, well well, well done with the plugging away plug. and and for me um uh, from january eleventh uh uh, until the 26th, though I won't be there the last weekend, but my show will be there um, every Friday and Saturday night in San Francisco. I'll be a part of SF Sketch Fest with my show, Jokey Oakey. two shows a night, 7 and 9 p.m. at. The speakeasy in San Francisco. Um, also, on the 17th, as part of SF Sketchfest, I'll be doing my solo show, Harmon Leon Infiltrates Trump America, 8 p.m. at a venue called Piano Fight, which Whoa, I piano. heard is oh. a great venue.
1: Wow, that's like, but it sounds like it's a piano bar and you can hear people. Yeah, not it's not a comedy venue, it's probably like a piano.
0: Yeah, I heard it's like uh, the, one of these really nicest new venues in uh, San Francisco. Uh, so I've just heard good things about it, but I'll be able to tell you firsthand okay. after the 17th, after Fair my enough. show is there. Okay. And in between that, I'll be eating a lot of burritos in San Francisco. And some
1: sourdough. Oh No, they don't have sourdough there anymore.
0: I think they do. I don't oh, know okay. if they got rid of that when with the tech boom.
1: Yeah, we'll I think don't they know, kept the some one.
0: of the things that were <laughs> sacred to San Francisco <laughs> as we lose more there. San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. As we lose some San Francisco listeners on this last plug away. <laughs> and as always, uh, you could uh, subscribe and comment on iTunes. Uh, be sure to check out all our past episodes of Comedy History 101 on ComedyHistory101.com. Just, but just leave a, a comment. Just leave yeah, leave it. A Just a comment. do it. We'll read it. Just do it.
1: We'll read it on the air. Why, but, uh, why wouldn't you? Just, just just a few words. I just wanted <laughs> to like to double check, make sure everyone knows it's comedyhistory101.com. That's where you can find everything. No more confusion. No more nothing. Comedyhistory101.com. Everything will be. There.
0: And and no more words over chair. I words over chair. Well,
1: let's just, we oh, won't. Yeah, that, that's, that, that, that's, that's our, our par- company. That's our parent corporation. Yeah, <laughs> we just we're making it easier for the listeners.
0: That's right. And until next time, thanks a lot for tuning in, and bye bye.
1: Bye bye. You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Good thing about doing comedy in Russia you have captured the audience. You're
0: stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Comedy History 101.